We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is February 26, 2024. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. And thanks to the producer, Kevin, right before we started recording, mm. both of our ears are now bleeding. True. Luke, what is going on? Yeah, appreciate that for sure. Uh, Kevin just decided to leave us with a bye that yeah, burst the old eardrums. Aside from that, well, even with that, I'm still not doing great. Got a uh, stomach bug happening here the last few days, becoming mm. a little concerning. But we have a... I'll I'll not bore people with with personal talk because we have a full slate of games to talk about, and the Magic have now won what three of their last four, but it after tonight it just doesn't feel like it. It just doesn't feel like it. Yeah, we'll break that down. And you told me not to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. But I'm going to do it quickly. I am annoyed right now because as we prep for these pods, I go back through each game's box score and like you're able to go through the play by play and you're able to go to literally each like a quick clip of each video if you want to watch that typically however for whatever reason i'm just going to say it's because it's the magic and it's orlando and it's a small market and the nba still doesn't care about the orlando magic um they haven't uploaded any of the clips not only from tonight's game against atlanta but last night's game against detroit and oh even Thursday's game against Cleveland. But if you go back to a few nights ago, the Lakers versus the Spurs, that's up. Uh, the game from uh, Saturday, the Celtics and the Knicks, of course, that is up. So literally, like the NBA can't even help their own bias on their website. It is so annoying. I'm pissed off about this loss. I'm pissed off about this. Screw the NBA. <laughs> you guys suck. All right. This is going to be a, a tear-free episode. We are we are going to 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 vow that that is going to be the case. Um, now that I have all my emotions put back together from our, our last episode, if you have not watched the five-year anniversary special on our YouTube, go and watch that. Like even if you've listened to it, there, like listening to the podcast is not the same as, as viewing that. So go ahead and, and check that out. But once again, just wanted to shout out everybody that has shared like such kind words and awesome sentiments. We've got tons of comments. Um, everybody that was involved again, you know, Luke and Kevin for helping put like all of that video stuff together was just awesome. Still one of my favorite episodes ever, probably my favorite episode that we've ever done. And I don't know that I'll ever be able to watch like that few minute clip towards the end without getting like super emotional. So it was awesome. And yeah, just looking forward to, uh, you know, five more years and, you know, maybe 500 more years, depending on, you know, what happens with technology. Who knows? Mm. All right. Next episode of the Six Fan Show, folks, coming up on Tuesday when the Magic are back home taking on the Brooklyn Nets. Ben will be outside of Kia following that game filming the Six Fan Show. So please be sure to step by. Stop by, not step by step. You can step by if you want, but we would appreciate if you would you stop run. by. You can high step. 
you can do all of it. Just stop by. Yeah, exactly. All right. We've got a lot to talk about. Let's jump right into the state of the Magic, Luke. This week, the Magic went 2-1. and one. They had a win over Cleveland, a win over Detroit, and then the loss to Atlanta on Sunday night. They currently sit 8th in the Eastern Conference with a record of 32-26, and 26, 13 and a half games back of first place Boston, 6 games back of second place Cleveland, 5 games back of third place Milwaukee. But Luke, now just 2.5 games back of uh, New York, who's sitting at 4th, a game and a half back of Philadelphia sitting at fifth. They're a game back of Indy. They're tied with Miami. Miami holds the tiebreaker. So the Magic uh, are eighth. Miami is seventh. We're now four and a half games up on Chicago, six and a half games up on Atlanta. On the season, the Magic are now 23rd, Luke. We are moving up the rankings here. 23rd in the NBA in offensive rating with a rating of 113. They're fifth in the NBA in defensive rating with a rating of 112.2. 15th in net rating with a net rating of 0.8. Looking at the injury report, Paolo Bancaro uh, was out Sunday night with an illness. He played through it on Thursday against Cleveland, played through it on Saturday against Detroit. We'll talk more about that in a bit. But this dude didn't have an all-star break, playing crazy sick, hasn't looked like himself, pretty much deserved to have the night off. Not mad about that whatsoever. Gary Harris was out Sunday for right calf injury maintenance. Markel Fultz returned to the lineup Sunday after missing the previous two games due to left knee injury maintenance, but he came off the bench, Luke. Uh, A.B. and Goga Batadze started in place of Markel and Paolo. Wasn't so surprised about Goga you know, in the starting lineup without Paolo, but what did you think of A.B. starting even though Markel was available and bringing Markel in off the bench? Is this anything? I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think it is, and I. I don't even know if it deserves too much more of a response than that. I don't know with this team. First and foremost, I never know what Coach Jamal Mosley is, is going, what he's thinking, and that's not like a a slight to him. That oh, I don't know what he's thinking. I legitimately don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> I just I don't know when it when it comes to that. Fultz plays ultimately twelve minutes. And it's hard to really gauge because it's like clearly on a minutes restriction at that point. And if he wasn't, he became on one once he had that little tumble heading into the paint kind of there, I believe, in the second half of the game tonight. So it's hard to gauge, man. If it were me, I would love to believe that Anthony Black is just going to get to start regardless of the lack of efficiency tonight. I think he made one shot. So... I love. We, oh, listen, we all know where we stand on Anthony Black. I, I don't know. Do you? Do you think? Were you reading into Markel Fultz not starting tonight? I don't know. I, I just genuinely don't know because at some point it does feel like we talked about this on the not maybe not the last pod, maybe a couple pods ago, but it does feel like at some point if this knee issue is going to continue and it's been continuing now for almost five months. Let's see, December, January, February. Almost four months. Sorry, my math's not great. Almost four months. It's not going away this season. If you're going to continue to play Markel, like if they're like, oh, we're just going to sit him out another month and bring him back last couple of weeks of the regular season and then go into the playoffs, they're like, okay, maybe there's a chance that it'll be gone when he comes back. But if he's just going to miss a game or two and then come back or not play back-to-backs and then come back, this knee tendonitis issue is not going to go away. If they are accepting that that is the case and you just want more continuity in the starting lineup, then maybe you're just like, okay, we, we've seen enough. Markel is not going to be here past this season. A, B is our guy for the future and we want to see what he can do in the starting lineup. I don't know. I really doubt that. I would put that at like maybe like a 5 to 8% chance of being the case. So I'm not looking too much into it, but I, I do think that thought at least has to be in consideration very maybe very small consideration but it has to have entered their mind at some point i think absolutely agree well jonathan isaac we are going to be uh keeping our eyes on the injury report tonight i believe it was in the second quarter he drives into the paint and then just sort of like collapses lands awkwardly and is grabbing at that left knee which instantly brought me back to New Year's Day 
of 2020 when he tried to do the like the little euro step around Bradley Beal and then collapsed and then to the bubble where he tried to do like the hop step against Sacramento and tore his ACL and went down like that is instantly where my mind and I know thousands of other Magic fans minds went now Jonathan Isaac the x-rays were negative that they did uh, during the game He's going to be reevaluated when they get back to Orlando. I'm going to assume tomorrow, Monday, he'll probably have an MRI done. But right now, it's been ruled as a knee strain. Now, Jamal Mosley was asked about Jonathan Isaac after the game, and he said, you know, it seems like he's going to be okay. And shout out to Lando Kid on Twitter because he <laughs> added Jonathan Isaac on Twitter or X and said, please like this if you're going to be okay. And to his credit, Jonathan Isaac liked that tweet. That is whatever that the, means. That is the craziest and like most straightforward injury like update we've ever gotten that fast ever in the history of this regime. Like I, I genuinely don't think Jonathan Isaac is liking that tweet if this is something that Jonathan Isaac is going to miss a significant amount of time for. And the way that Jamal Mosley was talking about Jonathan Isaac after the game makes me think that this is not going to be something that he misses a significant amount of time for. The MRI or any news update that could happen in, in five minutes from now, it could happen 24 hours from now, could change that. But until then, and I know you're about to crap all over my positivity parade, but I'm choosing to hang on to that for right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. To be fair, if Lando Kid tweeted a year and a half ago, J.I., can you like this tweet if you can give us 10 minutes? He'd like the tweet. You know what I mean? He, we he have no evidence of that. All we have is the tweet he that was tweeted and the, the like of that tweet. That's all I and got I don't, to, to listen, go off if, of right if now. Good, good is relatively speaking as well, I will also say. Mentally, he could be good physically may not be good no, no, no. come on i don't know i don't know man i regardless everybody knows how big of a loss that it is for jonathan isaac to miss any time at all he is the team leader and differential when he's on the court at plus 12.2 95th percentile in the league so when it comes to that jonathan isaac will be missed for however much he has gone for you would really have loved to have him in this stretch against suboptimal teams just to affirm that you can win these games and i'm hoping Paolo's back tuesday against brooklyn i think we all are obviously but i, I i'm hoping that he's good to go on tuesday so so we don't miss jonathan isaac even more we just need to we don't need to snowball this this doesn't need to become an injury report fast all over again we don't deserve that but yes jonathan isaac out I'm not reading anything to him liking that tweet. <laughs> and, uh, and and we'll see what happens. Suit yourself. All right. <laughs> let's go back to Thursday. Um, Cavs game. Not going to spend a ton of time on this because as you all are listening, that is like closer to a week y'all don't than it is like a couple this, of days but ago. We're gonna it, talk it, about it's it. four days ago. We're going to talk about it really quickly. First game back after the All-Star break. Heading into this game, Donovan Mitchell and Paolo Bancaro were both ruled as questionable due to illness. Donovan Mitchell missed this game. Paolo Bancaro played in this game. And it, this is the same illness that carried over into the Detroit game and ultimately, I believe, caused Paolo to miss the game tonight. 
I just want to jump really to the end of the game. JB Bickerstaff complaining about the magic fouling and playing overly physical, scratching and clawing and slapping and to cause uh, Cleveland forcing them into 17 turnovers, which our producer Kevin masterfully went through to the tune of the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme music and went through it and just made example after example after all of the completely unforced turnovers by Cleveland, uh, which ultimately led to their demise in this game. The Magic had 28 points off of those 17 Cleveland turnovers. The Magic also shot 51% from the floor, 56 from behind the arc, made 16 out of 18 free throws, only 13 turnovers for the Magic, uh, and 10 uh, offensive rebounds as well. Uh, this was like the pinnacle of like by committee. You look at Franz with 14, Paolo with 12, Wendell with 12, Joe Ingles with 12. You have Mo Wagner with 22, Cole Anthony with 13, Jalen had seven, Gary had eight, uh, Anthony Black had nine, J.I. had seven. Like the offense, it really was by committee in this game. And Cleveland just could not help. Even though they shot the ball really well in this game, they could not stop shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, with the live ball turnovers, genuinely, if they don't, if the Magic don't force, or even not even force, if the Cavs don't just quite literally give away the ball as many times as they did in this one, I think the Cavs easily win this game. Because if you just look at the raw percentages here, they shoot fifty-five, almost fifty-six percent from the field to the Magic fifty-one. Um, they shoot the three ball well, forty-five percent. The Magic also shot well at fifty-six percent on low volume as well. But really, it comes with the field goal attempts, right? Cleveland has 70. That is a very, very low amount of attempts. Magic with 84. So the Magic just simply get more shots up than them, win this game by seven. And it is all to do with the turnover discrepancy. And like you said, how the Cavs just continue to shoot themselves in the foot. And I think that's really all there is to it. Like you said, it was, it was very much by committee. And... The Magic just did enough, and the Cavs shot themselves in the foot enough. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all there is to it. I mean, 63 bench points. The Magic's bench was absolutely elite. Cole Anthony was huge, um, you know, making plays in the second half. I don't, I, I don't think this held true, but for a moment it felt like, okay, the dominant second unit is back. We're going to really get things rolling here. That wasn't really in, entirely the case. But uh, but yeah, this is a, a fun game uh, for the Magic again because like time after time, you're just like, what is Cleveland doing here? Like, there was a possession where uh, Karis LeVert like literally just lobbed the ball to Jalen Suggs and Jalen Suggs was off and running the other way. Uh, Joe Ingles also had a, a, a strip and score in this game where the Magic bench was going crazy. A uh, good game you know, coming out of the All-Star break. Obviously, you're fortunate that the Cavs didn't have Donovan Mitchell. But at this time of the year, you're not going to complain about wins anyway that you can uh, get those. Let's go to Friday. No, not Friday. Saturday. Saturday night. My days are all mixed up here. Saturday night against Detroit, where, again, you're coming off of, off of that win against Cleveland. And Detroit playing a little bit better basketball as of late. Definitely improved after the trade deadline. Magic felt like Luke in this game had multiple opportunities to really pull away. And especially in that third quarter, Cade Cunningham really got going. Cade Cunningham, like this was, I've, I've watched maybe a handful of Cade Cunningham games over the course of the last couple of seasons. You know, he's missed a lot of time. Last night was like, okay, this is why this, yeah, that was last night. I'm thinking about it now. This is why that dude went number one overall. Like that third quarter when the Magic, you know, really were, in getting pretty close to just taking that game over, Cade Cunningham just put Detroit on his back. And every time the Magic would push out the lead a little bit, it seemed like him you know, or uh, Fontecchio, which that name I just got so tired of, of hearing uh, last night in that game, those guys were, were making plays to, to keep them in the game. Uh, Magic, again, sort of getting it done by committee. You know, Franz with 14, Wendell with 11, Gary with 12, Jalen with 14, J.I. with 12. Cole with 13, Mo Wagner with 14, Paolo with 15, was 5 of 17. Luke, we're going to go all the way down here, uh, all the way to the fourth quarter. With 12 seconds left, Cade Cunningham drives, makes the layup to make this 109 all. 
Paolo Bancaro, you could tell the entire game, felt terrible, did not look like himself, was not playing well, simply did not have it. But Jamal Mosley tells him in the timeout, I want you to take the last shot. Paolo Bancaro dribbles it all the way down to about two seconds, uh, hits the little step back, rises up over Jalen Dern, is fouled, and hits the 18-foot baseline jumper to give the Magic a 111-109 lead with .8 seconds left, makes the free throw. Detroit doesn't have any timeouts. They got to go the length of the floor. Kate Cunningham misses the heave three-pointer at the buzzer. And Paolo Bancaro, just super emotional after the game. You, you could just tell the dude was so sick, but like crying, like crying. Kirsten dropped a couple of F-bombs in the post-game interview, which he then later apologized for. But just he, he spoke to how in the post-game interview and his uh, you know, post-game like presser after that he easily could have just like checked out of this game at multiple points, didn't feel like himself, wasn't playing well. But his teammates kept him in the game, let him know that they needed him. They were going to need him at some point. Didn't play well the entire game. They still go to him down the stretch. And for him to deliver in that fashion and just the emotion that he showed after the game, I just love Paolo Bancaro so much. We're so like lucky to have him in Orlando. This was an ugly game. And you know, I did question, like maybe you don't go to Paolo here down the stretch because he he was just so physically ill. And maybe you go to Franz, right? Because you know Franz, you know, made a, a big play a couple of possessions before, but Paolo Bancaro just showing the world again why he is an all star and why he is going to be a superstar, and just an incredible shot, Luke. And wasn't a very fun game to watch, but an incredibly fun ending. I'll take you back to a couple of possessions prior to what you just described, and then take you into my mindset heading into that final play. 17 seconds left. Palabancaro gets fouled. Magic are up too. Palabancaro can effectively put this game away. Misses both free throws. And at that the point, old Nikola Vucevic. Exactly. Just, just, com- just completely what felt like in that moment. Ultimately giving the game away is what it felt like. Because it's like Cade Cunningham is on fire. He is going to do whatever it takes to win this game. And it just felt like, and it's crazy to say this about, about an eight-win team, it just felt like a game of, of destiny for them to win this because Cade was just going off. Cade was awesome. And, and if I'm being honest, they deserve to win this game. And Paolo misses those free throws. And at this point, we're, we've seen him miss all night. So going into that final possession, you say you questioned it or whatever. I was wholeheartedly, adamantly against Paolo Bancaro touching this basketball in my head the entire time. Ball's getting ready to get thrown in, and I'm like, just don't go to Paolo. Don't go to Paolo. The kid's sick. He's been bricking all night. He just missed two clutch free throws. Was that four of put 16 this game away. at the moment. <laughs> there was no evidence to, to suggest that in, in that game, to, that, that night. No evidence Bancaro to suggest to other than the fact that you forgot that he is him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except that he freaking has the flu and he's not Michael Jordan yet. So, uh, man, uh, I I did not want him to touch the ball. So he's got the ball and it's just like, okay, at that point, you know he's putting it up. No one else is touching this basketball. And normally that's fine. And then he's just dribbling and dribbling and I was like, oh, good lord. And then he puts it up, and I'm like, that looks so terrible. That looks so clumsy. There's no way the shot's going in, and then it goes in. I couldn't believe it. It doesn't touch the rim at all. I couldn't believe it. I I could not believe that he made that shot. No part of it looked good as far as the the, the way that he kind of bobbled the ball when he was dribbling, trying to go into the gather step. And... Ugh. It, it, listen, the reason it did, the reason so many people online trying to call it a travel is because it didn't look good. It didn't look good. But as we've been confirmed multiple different places, including NBA officiating, who are much better. Not always the reliable, fact, by the just, way. I'm exactly. just going to throw that out there. Not always reliable, but they confirmed it was not a travel in the two, last two minute report, among a lot of other reputable people that break down film and fouls and things all the time and travels and violations, whatever. So yeah, I I had no faith in Palo Bencaro. Honestly, I will admit, weird circumstances, but I had none. 
And I'm happy that that he proved me wrong because he got you out of a game that you probably should have lost in a game that you really just wanted to forget about and move on. And it became a game that I don't want to forget about because Paolo Bencaro hit a game winner and it was a lot of fun. What what were your thoughts about his interview? It was awesome. I mean, you've been and producer Kevin gave an empowering, passionate speech on post game <laughs> live. <laughs> he was did one of those convulsing on uh, post game live, and it was awesome. So if you haven't seen that, go check it out. It's at the very beginning. But I think that really encapsulated a lot of our feelings. And he said a lot of things that really I'll just echo, which is how long has it been since we've had a guy show that much passion and it very clearly be more about than himself. Like it wasn't just about him being sick. It was about his team getting the win and for him to be the one that step up to the call. I genuinely, and I think we all know this, Paolo would have been cool and very happy with the win if Franz Wagner hits the game winner. But he just knows, coach tells me to do something, I'm going to do it. Does Paolo, knowing how last night was going, if Mose doesn't say, because shout out to Mose for that, if Mose doesn't say, hey, I need you to take this shot, does he even want it? Does he say, I'm, I'm, I'm sick, just let me kind of distract and be another body out there that pulls gravity, get it to somebody else, right? Who knows? But just the fact that he... What he displayed last night in that post-game interview was was nothing short of incredible. Yeah, and I thought it was really smart. You know, Asar Thompson was on Franz, and Franz was just basically like in the backcourt, like took Asar Thompson out of the play completely. And what I when I recognized that they had Jalen Dern on Paolo, that's when I was like, okay, regardless of what has happened so far, I like this matchup. So that's why I wasn't like, oh no, like completely against it because I I had a reasonable feeling that Paolo was going to get a good look off against Duran. Now, Paolo didn't get a good look off over Duran, but he was fouled and you know he, he made the shot. So yeah, in the moment, for sure, I was like, I don't care if it's a travel. We won. Like, you know, whatever they called is what happened, right? The famous Michael Jordan line. But like we've had multiple uh, different, you know, uh, analysts and, and things like that comment on this and going through the NBA rule book that no it was a a gather basically like into like a hop step and he dragged the right foot the left was the pivot and you know he, he went up and there was no travel so I'm I'm good with that I want to take our listeners back because I I did skip this a little bit going back to the second quarter to the 533 mark the magic are up 48 44 the Pistons miss a shot Mo Wagner dives on the floor for it pokes it away Cole Anthony then dives on the floor, throws the ball into the the uh, other side of the floor. Anthony Black recovers it, jumps up and throws it down. Just a mu- multiple bell plays and hustle plays by Mo Wagner and Cole Anthony, and then uh, Anthony Black taking it the other way with the the scoop and the jam. That's going to be this week's jam hot chicken jam of the week, Luke. And let's be clear, what makes this the jam of the week is definitely. Like you said, the hustle plays that were made. But Cole Anthony and his awareness on this play was otherworldly. Dive on the floor, gather himself, know where he's at all in real time, and essentially toss it over himself and lead Anthony Black legitimately perfectly to the hoop. It, just split-second decision-making, that's what separates an NBA player from someone who's not, if I'm being quite honest. And just like the the sense... And awareness that he showed was was remarkable. So yeah, definitely the Jam Hot Chicken Jam of the Week. And the Jam Hot Chicken Jam of the Week, obviously, brought to you by the folks over at Jam Hot. Jam Hot, you guys have heard us talk about it. 400 West New England Avenue, Suite 13 in Hannibal Square there in the beautiful Winter Park. It's Nashville, LA-inspired hot chicken shack. And you will not regret going. Go check them out. Let them know we sent you again. That's 400 West New England Avenue, Suite 13 in Hannibal Square. Sweet outside setup there. Really awesome. Go check them out. And on social media at Jam Hot Chicken, website of theirs is jamhotchickenfl.com. 
All right, let's talk about our patrons really quickly. Our patrons are the folks that help make each and every episode possible by their financial support. If you want to help join and help support the podcast, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Shout out to Stephen Luong, uh, who joined at our all-star level. Uh, I think he commented during the five-year anniversary you know, live broadcast that he's like, man, this just makes me want to support even more. And, and now he's a patron. So a very special shout out to Steven. Really, really appreciate that. Anytime we have brand new patrons, we give them a special shout out. And then we shout out our Hall of Fame and Elite Tier patrons each and every episode. So we'll start by shouting out the Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Ellis, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Donkey Punch Day, Paolo and Franz's Warmth, Pierre A., Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Dan Maldotto, 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time, Mr. TV, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear95, Shred, Junior Bruce, African, Shahan177, Bobby the Don, Himlo, Ben Himro, RM Prof221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid714, Mysterious Mosley, Victor Cologne, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Only Franz, Maria, Keith Walsh, Fritz Currency, Kev, Rub Sal, Cason Green, Santi Leon, Kane Neckler, The Distracted Mod, Simpson, Chansu, Tom Gadsden, Dead Air, Richard Tuttle, Jeremiah Quintero, Barstool Magic, Debo1980, and Magic Matt. A big thank you to all of our patrons. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Last but not least, Luke, let's go ahead and talk about this Hawks game from tonight, from Sunday night. So no Paolo Bancaro. Uh, again, no uh, Gary Harris as well. Markel Fultz back in the lineup. Atlanta Hawks without Onyeka Okongwu, without Trey Young. So you knew that this is a game that you really needed to take advantage of. You know, uh, Yes, it's the third game in four nights. Yes, it's the second night of a back-to-back. But you just felt like the Magic could go out uh, and win this game. And something that is a theme of really the last two games is the Magic not, you know, they're not their normal defensive self, not forcing a lot of turnovers. I think it was Detroit was one of the the wor- one of if not the worst teams in the league in turning the ball over, and the Magic couldn't force a single turnover in the entire first quarter. And then if you look at tonight against Atlanta Sunday night, the Magic loses the turnover battle 18 to 9. Luke like could not force Atlanta into turnovers. Uh, even without Trey Young, like didn't have their primary ball handler and just was not was not able to uh, really uh, in, impose like their defensive will and, and sort of ratchet up that defensive pressure into forcing you know turnovers that you know normally uh, they're able to. And the Magic also just didn't really have it offensively tonight. Forty-one percent, uh, almost thirty-seven percent from behind the arc, but you shoot almost forty threes in this one. You missed ten free throws. And the Magic couldn't stop turning the ball over. They have 18 turnovers in this one. And Atlanta, 45% from the floor, 40% from behind the arc, 15 of 17 from the free throw line. And again, like those nine turnovers, DeJounte Murray was awesome, 25 points, 11 to 20. He was really big for them. And this game, Luke, without Paolo Bancaro, and I know, you know, second night of a back-to-back, blah, blah, blah. I'm so tired of that being an excuse for this team. Because I, I talked about this in the post game hit that I did, you know, on our social media channels. If we're just going to keep giving this team the excuse time after time when they have a second night of a back to back, why do we even play the games? Like, if that's going to be the excuse every single time we play a back to back, just forfeit them. Like, if that's what we're going to, we're just going to come out play like crap in the second night of back to backs. And maybe I'm ex- over exaggerating a little bit to the result of this game, but I'm more so speaking to the way that we've talked about this team all year long when it comes to -to back-to-backs, like the standard just has to be higher. We can't just give this team a pass every single time they come out on the second night of a back-to-back and lay an egg because guess what? Every team in the league does it. And this game was just begging for somebody to step up in Paolo's absence. A couple of guys had like, you know, decent games, but just didn't really like take over and, and, and really make the impact I feel like they could have. Sure, Franz 19, 7 to 16 from the floor, eight rebounds, five assists, a steal. He seemed fine, like Wendell as well, you know, 18 points, 10 rebounds, seven of 12 from the floor, like was efficient. But I didn't feel like these any of these guys were imposing their will. Even Jalen, 14 points, six of 10 from the floor. A lot of those like coming in the last few minutes of the game, three rebounds, six assists, two steals. 
Cole had 15 on six to 16 from the floor. But like it just really felt like somebody needed to step up and take over this game in a big way. Like this should have been a Franz Wagner like 30 point game. I, I think that's probably who I'm most disappointed in and not stepping up in this game. Because Franz had what 12 points, I think, in the first quarter, and then ends up with 19-7 over the last three quarters. Like, Franz, we just need you to be better in games like this. Franz has been awesome recently. Franz has been awesome all year long. I was disappointed in Franz tonight because it felt like one of those big games from Franz could have given you a win in this, or at least given you a much better chance that you did. And basically like from like the eight minute mark on you know, the left in the fourth, the magic made a little bit of a run, but I don't know. Have we talked about my rule on the pod? I think we might've mentioned it a couple Probably. of times, but basically I have a, a rule that, or maybe a theory that I think is pretty accurate. If your team is trailing by more than 10 at the five minute mark, 99 times out of 100, you lose that game. That held true in this game, but I was waiting for the Magic to sort of make that push, like that you know six-minute mark to really make this game close, and they could just never really do that. Was it like, am I wrong that it that I thought it was like 12 with like 5, 15 left maybe? It, but, it was right right around there. Yeah, so they cut it to twelve of five eighteen left with a call. But yeah, but you're you're right. Your your rule still held intact, no doubt. And tonight really is just summed up by the leaders of each group didn't step up. Right? Franz Wagner is seven of sixteen terrible? No. But is five fouls and honestly only getting sixteen shots up when you are the no doubt, number one option, getting to the free throw line only five times wasn't enough. Yes, at the end of the day, the stat line looks good, right? 19, 8, and 5. Typically, you take that, but you take that when Paolo Bancaro is also on the court. Giving you 25. Uh, right. When Franz Wagner, Franz Wagner is the best player aside from Paolo Bancaro on this team. I don't think there's any way around it. And he has to be the guy. And he wasn't tonight, but. Then you look to the bench unit and your guy who's supposed to be the guy who had his bounce pack game on Saturday night, talking about Cole Anthony, didn't have it either. Six of 16 from the field. Cole Anthony should, number one, that's kind of your first thing. Cole Anthony should not be shooting the same amount of shots as Franz Wagner. Especially with Paolo Bancaro out, Franz should shoot 20 plus times. Easy. And Cole Anthony shoots 6 of 16. 6 of 16. And typically what I will say about Cole Anthony is usually if he has a bad shooting performance, he very likely contributed in other ways. Be it in the assist column or the rebound column. He had three assists, three rebounds. Normally when Cole is is not performing well from the field, he's given you five, five assists, seven, eight rebounds. Just didn't have it. And he plays 30 minutes. Like you just need more from him as the leader of that, of the, of the bench. You need more from Franz, the leader of that. But yes, now on back to backs, zero day, days rest, the Orlando Magic. Uh, we'll just do a fun guessing game real quick. They've played 12 back to backs, uh, second night of back to backs, zero rest this season. Jonathan, what do you think the Magic's record is on 12 games? I'll say three and nine. Bingo. Three and nine. Magic are three and nine after tonight on no rest. So not great, not great at all. And uh, it just from just uninspiring second half, the third quarter was, is always going to be huge because halftime is obviously coaches are making adjustments. Players are getting right mentally and the magic just fell flat on their face. And we've seen it so many times this season in that third quarter. And we just have games where, oh, maybe they turned the corner. Maybe they figured it out. They've snapped out of that whole third quarter slump thing. You you outscore Atlanta in that first half, first quarter, 22 to 19. You hold them to 19, that's great. 22 points by you is awful. But if you hold them by to 19, we can live with the offensive output. 29 points to 26 points in that second quarter. Again, you outscore them. Third quarter, 38 to 19, you're outscored by Atlanta. You get doubled up in the third. 
31% from the floor, 27% from behind the arc for the Magic, and five turnovers. The Hawks didn't have a turnover in that third, and they shot 53% from behind the arc and 62%. I'm sorry, 53% from the floor, 62% from behind the arc. You said no turnovers, right? No turnovers for Atlanta in the third. There is no universe. Either there's no universe where a team scores 38 points, clearly has the ball a lot in a quarter. No universe where they shouldn't turn the ball over. Uh, that's that's a defensive area for sure. You struggled defensively, and it also starts as well on the offensive end. Just 19 points, and you get doubled up. That's where you lost this game. And it's all it took <laughs> because you didn't come out in that third quarter. And like you said, you can say, oh, there's no rest. They're getting their, their, their gas there going into the second half. And as you also pointed out, every team plays back-to-backs. There's no reason. No reason for, for the performance tonight. It was a gross game. And thankfully, the game before this against Detroit, you're bailed out by a Palo Bancaro buzzer beater shot but in this one this is just your second super terrible game in a row so not much else to say about it but hopefully you turn a new leaf on Tuesday Franz Wagner and his post game availability essentially talked about we're we're tired of you know I'm tired of making excuses alluding to the fact that they've played back to back three and four nights that they just need to be better and hopefully they and essentially he said hopefully they are on Tuesday. You can't you guys can't be much worse. That was horrendous <laughs> against the team. The Hawks team was limping, but DeJounte Murray also has your number. I'm I so sick of DeJounte Murray. Yeah. I'm so sick of watching that dude light us up. Yeah, he does it every time. I'm almost like just be- trade for him, even if you're just gonna sit him <laughs> on the bench so we don't have to play him anymore. Because <laughs> yeah. he's killing us that badly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, today tonight is just debilitating all the way around. You you look at the standing; it's like we were hopeful to be like a half game back, just like Indiana is right now, half game back of Philly at the five spot, and instead this race is so tight. You're at the eight spot. We'll see how it shakes out, but you know it, it's nice that we're still all obviously one game's not going to change everything here. We still have a lot of games left in this season. And uh, tonight doesn't shoot expectation or or anything like that. But it is just like defeating to not just lose, but to lose by 17 to a team that is without Okonkwu and and Trey Young, especially. I was was talking to somebody today. I was like, oh, uh, Trey Young's out for like the next few weeks. That, That news broke today. And he was like, oh, should be a good win for you guys. I was like, yeah, you'd think so, but DeJounte Murray's on the other side, and I don't know. And it's a back-to-back, and even though we're not using it as excuses, this team sucks on back-to-backs. So I don't know that the whole, like, we lost because we're on a back-to-back, like, there's legitimate gripe with that, <laughs> like, with from a fan's perspective of, like, oh, just kind of expecting the loss on a back-to-back. So unfortunate, bad formula. But you just have to do the complete opposite on Tuesday against Brooklyn. Then I believe what you have Utah next, maybe. You got some teams that you can hopefully beat up on, but also teams that can't be slept on. Brooklyn's had your number. Utah's yeah, I just don't think they're as bad as their record implies, but it's we'll we'll see how they handle it. It needs to be better. Well, if my calculations are correct, we only have three more back to backs left out of the next you know, 24 games, so hopefully shouldn't be something that we need to continue to worry about. But yeah, you know, I, I don't mean to gripe so much like about this game in particular because, but, but the other thing is like they, these, most of these guys just had eight days off. Like sure, mm-hmm. it's three games and four nights, but you had eight days off before that. Like this, it, it's not an excuse. And, and shout out to, to Bronze for, you know, sort of acknowledging that. But yeah, this, this game was an annoying. And now, like, the J.I. thing is looming. Like, if, if he's going to miss a significant amount of time, you know, 
I start to feel not as good about you know the the stretch of games that we're in right now because with with JI like with a fully healthy roster we we're talking about you know now we're uh, what was it the first seven of the first eight as, as we come back we've played three so it, even still the next five are all against teams below five hundred with JI I'm like those should all be relatively. Not maybe not easy, but you go into those expecting to win, and now it's like, man, some of those might become like a fifty-fifty shot as some of these teams are playing a little bit better now. Got to not Detroit. You've got Brooklyn on Tuesday. They've kicked your butt multiple times this year. They're not playing that well as of late. You're at home after an embarrassing loss to Atlanta. First of three. Let's just go right into the week ahead here. You've got Brooklyn. On Tuesday, Utah on Thursday, Detroit again on Sunday. They're going to be looking for revenge. You know that. We need to take it to Brooklyn on Tuesday night. Like, yeah. I want a double-digit like margin of victory. Blacking. I don't expect any any other, even if J.I. is not playing. Be pissed off that that team has kicked the crap out of you multiple times this year. Come out and get a big win at home after a disappointing loss on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, they've gotten the crap kicked out of them four games in a row. Two of them being against Boston, where they lost 136-86. to 86. They lost to the Raptors on February 22nd, a few days ago, 121-93. to 93. They lost to the Timberwolves, 101-86. to 86. They are not feeling good about anything right now. You have got to stick it to them on Tuesday. There's no excuse not to. Uh, I'm just to go ahead and give prediction here for the week. I'm going to say Palo's back Tuesday. If this is just an illness, hopefully it just runs its course there and he's good to go. I, I'm going to say that the Magic go 2-1. and one. I'm going to say you drop the game to Utah. Not really a huge reason in particular, but I, the team's just not playing with a lot of confidence right now. If I'm being honest, I understand we've 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 had we've got a decent win loss record recently, but we're playing nobody. <laughs> so uh, I think that you go two and one this week for the sole reason of I just don't think they've got their stuff together right now after the break already. Hopefully this week is a good tune up, and then they're able to just continue down the stretch. Two and one keeps you afloat. Three and zero oh would be awesome. But what are you thinking? I'm just gonna say three and zero. I want to be a little bit different, and I just I'm hoping that they're gonna figure it out. Like to be honest, Fair. I I I would be surprised if we see Ji back this week. Hopefully, it's not anything crazy. Maybe he w- misses a week, maybe two, and is able to come back. I would love if we got some kind of miracle, and they're like, oh no, he's gonna miss Tuesday. He'll be back Thursday. Like one of those things where he'll you know sort of be fine. But yeah, like we we talked about this during the All Star break, like. You want to come out of the all-star break with your stuff together, defending at a high level. They're not really doing that. They need to find that. They have the opportunity and the ability to be one of the you know, top you know, two or three defenses over the, the course of the last you know 24 games here. And if they do that, I really think that this team could find themselves you know fifth or, or sixth in the Eastern Conference. If things get really crazy, like the fourth seed is is not like, unobtainable like you're how many games back you're two and a half games back of new york who's sitting at four like it's just two and a half games like anything can happen the eastern conference is is so tight in the playoff standings if if the magic can figure it out like they legitimately could have home court advantage in a first round playoff series because the schedule is favorable they just need to come out and take care of business like on paper the magic like should be able to put the wins together to at least give them a chance at like the fourth or fifth seed. And I want to see them start that. And Luke, just as, as we continue to watch games, like the opinions of this team and this roster that you and I were forming in November during the nine game win streak, like every night, those opinions just get stronger and stronger of mine of like, okay, we can move on from this guy. We can move on from this guy. We need to improve in these areas. And I am really excited about getting to the playoffs, but like right, like 
it's not about the playoffs. You know, like we need to see this team get exposed in, in different areas so that the front office does not have a choice but to make certain moves. And then we're on to like the offseason. Like I'm already I'm already thinking about the moves that they are going to make this offseason and what that's going to mean for next season because yeah. it, obviously we're in the day-to-day and this season has been so much fun and is really exciting, of course. But this season isn't about this season. This season is about like what steps do we need to take to turn this team into a contender? And like certain guys, like, hey, if you're not going to get it in gear and contribute to winning in a, a real like meaningful way, we're going to have to get guys in here that can. And a lot of guys like have a lot to prove over the course of the last 24 games. So, but it starts with these three games. And I'm going to say we're going to go three and oh. And I don't see a reason why the Magic should not win each of these games on paper. And they just need to come out and start taking care of business. That's the next step for this team is like maturing to the level where we don't need a Paolo Bancaro miracle on Saturday night to beat Detroit. And we don't have a third quarter where you're getting doubled up to a Trey Youngless Atlanta Hawks and then you're losing by 17. Like these are just things that should not happen consistently to good teams and the Magic consistently find themselves in these situations and eventually they're going to either mix up the roster and mature to a to that level or guys on the roster are going to step up and the team will mature to that level. Yeah, I don't That's all anything, I got. I don't have anything else to add. All right. Let's wrap this one up, folks. Um, yeah, everybody get healthy. Hopefully everybody's okay. Let's start getting some wins here. That's going to do it for this one. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Red!